Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start, Start saving, saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today let the word go forth fool me once are you fired up i'm not a crook are you ready to go shame on shame on you it's abe lincoln's top hat hosted by ben kissel boom you can't get fooled again hey what's up everyone how you doing ben kissel here hanging out with travis irvine hello ben and fernando hello ben did you guys have a chance to watch the single most exciting hour of entertainment, mm. Joe Biden's State of the Union? It was last week, but of course, it's still relevant today. We're going to talk a little bit about the reaction from the State of the Union in regards to what's going on with the global politic. Of course, there were some typical political hacks that mm. made the State of the Union all about them, specifically Lauren Boebert. Yep. We don't want to give. Whoa, can you believe it? What a shocker. She heckled. She heckled. What a shock. That's so cool. She was so cool there, the way she heckled. That's cool. I'm surprised she didn't give any tours of the Capitol the day before the State of the Union as well. Well, she could have given a tour to like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Let them know they were going to be there because uh, they did not. I don't know. When it comes to the Democratic Party and communication, Mm -hmm. if you want an example of like, why don't they know how to do it? They didn't seem to understand when to stand, when to clap. <laughs> it was such a I was watching it on the plane and it's hard to be silent when you're watching such stuttering <laughs> gibberish as the world burns and you really want to take these things seriously. And then you see all of them doing this horse and pony show. But if I start screaming on the plane, I'm going <laughs> to get kicked off. So I couldn't. But what were your all initial reaction when it comes to the state of the union, the global politic as a whole, and uh, Joe Biden attempting to reassure us that he's going to get the build back better plan passed, although it has already failed? I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, in terms of a state of the union speech, it was very short, but also very long at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) I was just kind of surprised that Joe got through it and I was like, okay, cool. You know, he, 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 Felt confident. Yeah, he looked okay. Um, And then everyone seemed to hate the speech from all sides (laughs) after it. It was like all the progressives were mad about it. All the Republicans were mad about it. A bunch of Republicans didn't even show up. And then, yes, Chuck and Nancy don't know when to stand, don't know when to clap. And then Lauren Boebert doesn't know when to shut the hell up. So, you know what? I'm going to give it three out of seven stars. That makes sense to me. The whole thing was a meme. The whole thing yeah. was an exploitable. It's a every, giant meme. Yeah, the whole every single thing was just clipped, and it there was no 
it, it could have been a full, beautiful like meal that was fulfilling and <laughs> that was, lets you. Yeah, that's right. It was like when you have he mushed all the he mushed all the food together. It was McDonald's yeah. of politics. It was such it, crap. It yeah. really was. And the way that the th- just from a um, theatrical perspective, the way that he would go from one point to to the other, it was like you didn't really have any. There was no. It's pretty fluid. I'm going to call it at best fluid at at uh, at least or at. To be more critical, uh, incoherent. (laughs) But anyway, so Bobert, she did get some headlines for screaming. She had her, you lied, Mm, moment. Of course, that was happening during the Obama administration. And uh, we also saw, interestingly enough, Joe Manchin and Mitt Romney, they were sitting together. Yeah, Joe Manchin on the Republican side. Which is quite fascinating. If he doesn't vote for the Supreme Court justice, then I don't even know what he is anymore. I think he should just probably change parties at that point, which is a possibility, which would, of course, allow the Republicans to have a much easier path to reclaiming the Senate. For all intents and purposes, the dude is a Republican at this point, whether the party has moved uh, past him or he has changed himself. We just don't know. But so what would that be? A demo Democrat in in name only? What? Dino? dino? Is is he a dino? Dinosaur. Mm -hmm. And we all know what dinosaurs turn into eventually. Coal and oil, baby. Republicans (laughs) are going to love him. Drill, baby, drill. Drill, baby, drill. Drill, baby, drill. Of course, drill, baby, drill was also written on the scarf that Lauren Boebert was wearing there was a lot of queefs in the room so of course there was a lot of wind my goodness not to give her too much oxygen i actually want to focus on one of her opponents uh, who is now seeking petitions to get a spot on the democratic primary ballot again i am basing this solely off of this commercial alex walker he had an ad and i think it's safe to say it went uh it, it went viral in some ways mm-hmm. yep. and uh, i want to hear your guys opinion of this so this is walker for colorado this is uh, lauren bobert's worst nightmare that's the name of the ad and to say that dookie is uh that there's some crap in this ad is a bit of an understatement the whole ad <laughs> is some of the best poop work i've ever seen in my entire life let's play this ad walker for colorado lauren bobert's worst nightmare Okay. Mm, I like the soundtrack already. This is a good soundtrack. Middle America, you know, everyone America. Woman's eating some ice cream. Uh Uh-oh, looks up to the heavens, and what is it? It's a turd! (laughs) It crushed her. It did. Is that Lauren Boebert? (laughs) The the poops just keep on flying. Wet poops. Very. (laughs) It is absolutely disgusting. I think the point is being made effectively... Did I think this was going to be politics in 2022? I don't know, <laughs> but it is now. It's it's like a the mist action level. A father reaching for his daughter's hands gets hit oh. in the face with a large piece oh. of duke. Dude, so much and dookie. Now the poopy teddy bear is picked up. We are real Coloradans. We deserve a living wage, small government mm-hmm. that actually works, and freedom of choice. I like the way he's hitting this. Instead. We have bullshit. Ooh. Wow. Opening up a history book. Whoa, it's all shit. Whoa, oh my gosh. Looking at her cell phone, getting sprayed <laughs> oh, with no. shit. Chewing on. Oh. He's vomiting up shit. Oh. <laughs> it oh is absolutely gosh. disgusting. It looks it, like it, a trauma movie. Did Lloyd Kaufman direct this? Don't you ever wonder where it's all coming from? 
Mm. Cut to Lauren Boebert's office. Yep. <laughs> it's Savage. an effective freaking ad, man. If we're going to live in this world of disgusting politicians, then I guess we need disgusting political ads. I mean, it's what she's doing. It is Colorado true. Colorado needs a bull, not a bullshitter. Mm. I'm Alex Walker, and I approve the shit out of this message. <laughs> All right, King Walker for Colorado. So clever. Wow. Uh, very clever. What do you guys think? I was talking with Marcus and Henry about this. I personally don't love that all these politicians are swearing all the time because swearing is for us. They're supposed to have some kind of class. But at the same time, in the world that we live in, these are the political ads. Are they what we deserve? I don't know. But they are definitely what we get. It's it's what I just said. It's a memeable. It's an exploitable. And it works, though. You you got the message. I understood exactly what he was saying. I mean, uh, if you go watch the ad, it's every it's very clear. It's all just they're spouting shit. They're believing shit. They're showing you shit. Yeah. And he mm. wants to do he wants to do something different. I didn't mm-hmm. think I didn't think Colorado was doing so bad. But maybe it's well. Again, it's just as as Travis can attest to. It's just the gerrymandered redistricted. Uh, it's just the redistricting that's taken place that allows someone like Lauren Boebert to succeed, right? Well, Boebert. I mean, look, Boebert. You got to do something to stand out uh, amongst the din, right? This is what these folks yeah. are doing. Like that fella in Louisiana who's running for Senate who straight up smoked a blunt in his ad. Uh, yep. We had the gal running for railroad commissioner in Texas who uh, posed in her skimmies. I mean, yep. this is what you have to do when you're up against people like Bobert who do have this national stage already. And essentially they got there by doing grandiose big things like theatrical things like this so right and if you're I'm just- all for what you got to do to stand out i mean you and i ben we've run for office we had some fun commercials here and there i didn't know we could get so blue we should have gone a lot bluer <laughs> next, next time next, next time we- I- i'm doing every speech from the toilet there you because go. Because what do we all do? We all dump. There you go. That's your natural environment. We exactly. need to have Lloyd Kaufman direct every single political ad from now on. I completely agree with that. So that is something to take a look at in Colorado. Of course, as Boebert continues to spread lies regarding Russia and how uh, if Trump was in charge, mm. Putin wouldn't be doing what he's doing now. Mm. But of course, none of that is true, as we know for a fact that Trump's foreign policy enabled Russia and empowered Russia as he wanted to potentially get the U.S. out of NATO, mm-hmm. which, of course, would uh, greatly affect our standing on the world stage. I want to bring one story into uh, to our viewers' attention here. It's not getting that much press, and I think it deserves more. It involves Russia, but it also involves an American prisoner, Brittany Griner. Now, for those that don't know, Brittany Griner is a WNBA star, I believe a two-time champion with the Phoenix Mercury. She was a plane overseas. A lot of uh, athletes go overseas to play during the offseason, mm-hmm. make a mm-hmm. little cash, entertain the fans over there. She was at the airport. They said they found, uh, I'm sorry, she was a two-time Olympic champion. They said they found cannabis oils in her bag. Of course, Mm. it's very possible that she did have cannabis oil because it's a much safer way to help your body recover as opposed to opioids when you're a professional athlete. She is 31 years old. She is now being detained. This story is really absolutely heartbreaking. Her wife, um, Cheryl Griner, posted a picture on Sunday with her. Uh, She wrote a long message saying that she wants her back. Obviously, the State Department is working on it. But you talk about 
politics at play and how it affects individuals that didn't do anything to deserve it. Brittany Griner is definitely in the crosshairs here. Many people saying that she is held captive. So Putin has some leverage uh, if he mm. wants to have a prisoner swap. She is facing five to 10 years in Whoa. a Russian prison, not to mention she is a lesbian. And as we know, mm-hmm. Russia right. has a horrible human rights record when it comes to the treatment of gays, lesbians, and of course, uh, transgender folks as well. So this should be another warning to all of these politicians like Bobert that all of the love that they're spreading for Putin is going to come back and hit him in the face like that flying dookie, which we saw mm-hmm. in that ad. Anyone who is saying that they are uh, understanding of Russia because of what we do here, that's exactly what Bobert said. She basically did the drug ad. I learned it from watching you. Oh. That's what basically she said when it comes to Putin. She says, well, if you look at American policy, it's no different. Total horseshit. And I can't believe that she has now just become an extension of the Kremlin, which is all these people have done. So we are thinking about Brittany Griner and um, hopefully she gets home safe. She's six foot nine. I'm six foot seven. And I think about jail cells. They're like eight feet by six. She got to be all crammed up in there. And God knows uh, how she's being treated. So something to think about as this war uh, continues. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Um, Also, we should talk a little bit about what's going on right now with Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo says that he blames cancel culture for his political downfall. Uh, That was at a speech at a Brooklyn church, which has since burned down. (laughs) Just caught a shoot opened up right under it and flames just shot out. (laughs) Absolutely. Which is, again, why do we have ads with where the skies are raining dookie? Because these are our politicians. (laughs) Right. Uh, Cuomo says at the this was at the pulpit, which, again, (laughs) I don't uh, think he belongs there. I don't know. He was at the God's Battalion of Prayer Church in Brooklyn. He says, it was ugly. It was probably the toughest time of my life. I haven't spoken about it in public yet because I wanted to talk about it here with you because God's guidance is helping me through. This is called Political Comeback 101. Go to church. Talk about God. Make yourself the victim. Oh, my. It's almost like you read a book on it. Yeah, that's, he wasn't standing at a pulpit. He was on standing at a bully pulpit right there, folks. That's what that is. He got exposed for being the bully he is, and I don't think he's going to make a comeback, Ben. I think, uh, it, yes, it's 101 in trying to make a comeback, but I, uh, I'm i I'm determined to believe Travis Irvine prediction. Whoa! Cuomo's career is done. All I'm right. really hoping. I'm well, really hoping that's it. If we're going to do what they always tell us to do, follow the money. Last month, he began spending $369,000 from his campaign account. So I, and he's got 16 million bucks in it. So basically now, if he doesn't run for office again, let's say he has to 
he kind of has to if he wants that money, right. correct? If he like wants he, access he, to he, it. Yeah, if he wants access to that $16 million, he sort of has to at least pretend he's running for, like, city council or something so <laughs> right. he can money, so he can launder the money <laughs> so he can back spend to his lunches. family. So he can get free lunches and bullshit. I'm just going to have a $1,000 lunch. Everyone has $1,000 lunches. It's fine. Uh, yeah, right. maybe he's going to pull, like, an Elliot Spitzer did. Elliot Spitzer, another former governor, had to resign in disgrace, and then he ran for city comptroller. In 2013, and, and you lost that to the to yeah to the chagrin of Democrats, Republicans, Roger Stone, and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get to Roger Stone here in a second. Roger Stone, despite the fact he spoke at the January 6th rally, I believe he spoke on January 5th, mm-hmm, uh, night he, before. He uh, there's some new footage of him in his hotel room, packing up his bags, getting ready to go with his tail between his legs, and he is extremely unhappy with what he's seen uh, regarding the Capitol uh, insurrection. And of course, for those that don't remember Roger Stone's speech, he did equate Donald Trump to Abraham Lincoln because, yes. quote, he, he freed this slave. <laughs> He's such a yeah. freedom fighter. <laughs> which oh, is one of the worst analogies <laughs> in the history of the world. <laughs> Anywho, so let's play actually this, uh, the Roger Stone tape here. This is him watching the news. The one thing I think is interesting about this is it shows the splintering within the Republican Party that took place after January 6th, but not just within the Republican Party, within the Trump wing of the Republican Party. I think now we're looking at such a fractured political coalition for Trump. I think it continues to get more and more difficult uh, Mm -hmm. for him as it goes, Mm -hmm. as we go further along here, as uh, again, he continues to be just as insane as always. uh, But now perhaps with the... um, with uh, the depression that looms after losing an election, which only has made him worse. Let's play Roger Stone talking about what he sees during January 6th. Uh, no, I think it's really bad for the movement. This, really, this hurts. It doesn't help. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what they thought they were going to achieve. Packing his bags. So that's Roger Stone. I feel like once you lose Roger Stone... I don't know how crazy you've become, right? Well, but let's consider what he's said since then. I mean, sure. I mean, I, I, a lot of Republicans day of January 6th. I mean, Kevin McCarthy was calling uh, Fox News and, and begging the president over the air to call off everything. I mean, so many Republicans had changes of heart that day. Several members of the Trump uh, administration resigned day of. So right. sure, it it shows that Roger at least has a some sense of decency and humanity within him in that moment. But look at what he's done since then, obviously, and right. what he's done to defend Trump, um, to distance himself from the January 6th insurrectionists. He, of course, he has said that it's all it was all Antifa and deep staters. <laughs> he's very yeah. committed to that line as well. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, he definitely wants Trump to run again in 2024, and he's said as much, and he thinks it's a big mistake if Trump doesn't at least give it a, his best try. Well, that is interesting you say that, because there's some other quotes here talking about how a, this is from him. He says, a good long sentence in prison will give Trump a chance to think about it, because the Southern District is coming for him, and he did nothing. So I don't fully... Yeah, you're right. He's speaking out of both sides of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is a man with a Richard Nixon tattoo on his back. So you think that he would still support Donald Trump if he did run in 2024? And if he does support him, is that a benefit or is that going to be seen as a slight on his character or can that even exist anymore? I definitely can't exist. Uh, These people... uh, 
they i mean they're not just fractured ben what you said they are literally shattered the house of cards has just completely fallen apart but all these people are still playing these cards all these people truly believe they're playing both sides roger mm -hmm. stone is eating at it from both ends i mean here he is not talking about antifa in this clip he is not talking to thinking right. he's it's right, obvious he's talking about he knows who these people are that are doing this right but, and he's saying it's bad for the movement exactly but again when he right. when he's in front of lauren boberts when he's in front of those people it's the antifa so again he's not going to stop and he will do whatever it takes to be keep getting keep being on the ballot or keep being in the campaign or keep being involved and of course don't forget roger stone has said if desantis really makes him upset he's going to run for office against him and i think he's going to pull two percent which of course could change an election theoretically right yeah especially in florida no you're right it's the duality of of roger i mean uh, i've told this story before but it you know, when Roger was watching the very first Republican debate that Trump was in, where Trump insulted Megyn Kelly and everything like that, uh, I was there with Roger in his apartment with a vice reporter. And after the vice reporter left, Roger was just sitting on his phone and he was basically said uh, that Trump sucked, that Trump was a <laughs> Chauncey Gardner. He's Peter <laughs> right. Sellers character from the movie Being There. And yet right. here we are. What is that? Five, six, seven years later? And he's still one of Trump's quote unquote biggest supporters. So who the heck knows? Well, it is interesting now. Again, William Barr uh, writing the book on Donald Trump. Of course, John Bolton, the mighty moustached John Bolton saying that if Trump was still in power, we would probably be out of NATO and mm -hmm. actively aiding Russia. They're so nice. And of course, when it comes to, as we said before, following the money. Why did William Barr write a book right now? And right. why does all of a sudden he has a change of heart when he actually had the power to do something? He did nothing. Trump is actually going after William Barr now. Trump rips Barr in letter to NBC's Lester Holt. I think we might have Donald Trump calling in here momentarily. Uh, it'll be quite exciting. I've heard he's had 15 Diet Cokes, so he might be a little bit burpy, uh, but that's okay. All right, everyone. Wow. Oh, my God. We have we have uh, Donald Trump calling in. Uh, this is uh, now, Donald, I heard you had 15 Diet Cokes. I heard you're really going crazy today. I'm really losing it. I'm calling you from a Diet Coca Cabana right now. <laughs> oh man, that sounds fun. Beautiful Mar-a-Lago. So I know you have a lot of a lot to say about William Barr, your former AG. It seems like he's kind of turning uh, turning the back on you, huh? Look, I made many great appointments during my administration, and we accomplished more than most administrations could even dream of. But Bill Barr was not one of my better picks, okay? He crumbled under the pressure. He bowed to the radical left, and that is not acceptable. And now he's groveling for the media, hoping to gain acceptance that he doesn't deserve. He's written a book. Everyone's written a book. If it's more than one page... I'm not going to read it. Whoa. <laughs> so obviously no love lost between William Barr and Donald Trump, which brings us to the new attorney general, Merrick Garland, a man mm. who many people thought should be on the Supreme Court. But Mitch McConnell refused to take up a vote mm -hmm. because they didn't want to get political with the Supreme Court. <laughs> Isn't that something okay. special? Oh, that's nice. Wow. That's nice. So wow. <laughs> so because of what's coming out from William Barr and John Bolton, there are uh, there is probes going on when it comes to Merrick Garland and his Justice Department, specifically when it comes to the January 6 attacks. However, the Republicans, whether they proclaim that they are against it or whether they say those were just good freedom fighters politically, 
None of them want this investigation to go further. The Republican Party has said it's going to get so hyper-political, and at the end of the day, push comes to shove, they're going to side with their brand, with their shield. And I wonder what that means when it comes to getting any kind of truth from this Justice Department regarding what happened on January 6th, because it's all going to be seen through the prism Mm -hmm. of politics. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we're going to look at a buckshot uh, you know, artistic painting of what actually occurred. And then it's up to us to put it all together and try to formulate some truth. Yeah. It'll be like uh, the Warshak test where you just, you look at a, a <laughs> blamp and it's like, I don't know. It's, Is it's, it a uh, dino? Is it a rhino? What am I looking at? It, it's dinos and rhinos and they're having a good time. I mean, yeah. Yeah, also Bob Barr on that book. Um, I heard him interviewed this morning on NPR and it, he's doing this same Chris Christie dance where it's just like, he puts mm. all this stuff out there about Trump and how ridiculous, you know, the book is called One Damn Thing After Another. And, you know, we all know what he's talking about. And yet he still defends the Republicans for so many things, so many excuses, you know, for for not voting to impeach Trump. I mean, he's still walking that weird, I'm a Republican, but I I hate Trump, but I Mm. still vote for him in 2024. You know what I mean? It's I love to think of William Barr and Chris Christie dancing together. They can touch belly buttons. They probably couldn't even hold each other's hands, but that's okay because they can like, oh, they would be fun, like a good old Midwestern wedding. I love to watch those big old boys Mm. do a little two-step. This is according to Senator Mike Brown. Uh, He's out of Indiana, or Braun out of Indiana, uh, regarding any criminal referral to the House. He says he would probably have as much political taint on it as you can get. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he said it was he said taint. Uh then he said to me it's clearly politically driven. So it looks like he also goes on at least half the country would say it's all politically motivated. According to Senator Tom Tillis, this douchebag out of North Carolina, he said the Department of Justice has a high bar to clear before launching any investigation. So to me it looks like again The walls are closing in. I don't know if they are. And we'll see where this goes. Tillis goes on to say, I don't mind looking into the events, but I think that Speaker Pelosi did not do the process justice by the way the members were ultimately seated. It's going to be perceived as political, which it will. How can the Dems mess up this messaging? How do we have an actual insurrection where people committed acts of treason? They truly did. I mean, it is what it is. We all saw it. We know exactly what happened. How the hell did the Dems lose the narrative on this? I think Facebook is just that good. I think Mm. I think truly social media is just that good because you can see something for yourself on television and then watch a few comments and explanations later and truly not believe what you saw anymore. You know, we didn't get the whole footage or, did you know, uh, we're, right. we're in the wrong angle or uh, those are not actually cops. Those are Antifa dressed as cops. It's right. It, I think it truly it truly can change the narrative. And and all these politicians know that maybe they yeah. and they're not sure of the narrative either, which is why they're anti-Trump at the moment. But they're going to say, hey, I'll vote for him if he runs, because the narrative could change. And they're aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it relates to what Fernando said earlier that we're just in meme culture. You know, you can watch a four hour insurrection live on TV, uh, but a year and a half, two years down the road, all you're going to remember are these little snippets that are going to be presented to you by either side trying to make you believe their spin on it. You know, And, and that's essentially what we have with the Republicans 
it's a lot of deny, 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 and then a lot of confuse, confuse, confuse. I mean, it's right out of the Roger Stone playbook, right? He sees it on TV. He knows what's happening. He thinks it's bad. But in the year and a half following, they twist it into some sort of legal pretzel where, eh, you know what? Insurrection, they were just they were just taking tours. It was like people taking a tour of the Capitol. Absolutely. And of course, uh, we know what pretzels can do. They are currently choking our nation, much (laughs) like they did George W. Bush. How do you decide what's misinformation and not? I always have a I always have just a little test where if it seems too good to be true, it is. For example, Mm. on the other side, Ukraine. Obviously, we support Ukraine. We Mm -hmm. support, uh, you know, President Zelensky. Mm -hmm. I think he is doing a lot of good stuff. Some of the press, he is winning the meme war. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not necessarily because everything they're saying is true. For example, a woman did not hit down a drone with a pickle jar. Oh, did it, not happen. Did, that's ridiculous. It didn't happen. <laughs> that never happened. The woman, they there was the video of the elderly woman or the uh, the story of the elderly woman giving seeds to the Russian soldier. And she mm-hmm. said, bury these. So when or put these in your pocket. So when you're dead and buried, life can come from life can still right, exist right, right. or some bullshit didn't happen. So. Right. If it sounds too good to be true and if it sounds like it's popcorn, if it sounds like it's just there to appease your political view, then that's exactly what it is they're doing because there is so much misinformation and it's just difficult to decide what's true and what's not. But just always like, does that sound realistic to you? And if it doesn't, then it probably didn't happen. Absolutely. Yeah, if the news sounds too good, it's probably not true. If it's bad news, then it's true. That's how I, if Democracy Now! and Amy Goodman says it's true, that's how I know it's true. There, I mean, it's also being proven right now that uh, a lot of the, we're seeing the effects of Russian bots and Russian controlled media kind of conglomerates and the effect that the sanctions have had on them. For example, there was a there was an article that uh, Travis sent us about how the top Twitter trends have changed right. because of the different sources that are now not feeding you know, social of media. Yeah, that's how it works. This is an interesting uh, point made by Graham Schellenberger. They're a propaganda expert at the Maburo Solutions Consultancy. Uh, they say Ukraine is winning the information war hands down. The information war or propaganda war has been especially important in shaping, of course, how the world is viewing this war mm-hmm. as now this is... Uh, The first invasion, I mean, when we invaded Iraq, we didn't have social media. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Afghanistan, we we did. um, But but not not like this. Not like this. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this is the first social media war. It really is. Uh, And according to Ian Garner, a Russian historian, Russian propaganda is tanking, but Ukraine has been hitting home runs for a week now. He goes on to say, I'm more convinced than before that Putin's regime has totally overestimated its ability to win a propaganda war. Now, that, of course, is because for political reasons, a lot of people have, I think, given Putin too much credit. Mm. When it comes to his uh, interference in the 2016 election, Mm. when it comes to propaganda, the U.S. is still the best at it. And we always have to be the best at it because it truly is the information war uh, of the future and the present. But Putin, I don't believe, did change the results of 2016. I think there was a lot of domestic issues and, of course, Facebook and all of that stuff. But the way that, you know, all of the with the Steele dossier and the way the conversation Mm -hmm. was, I almost think made us think that he is stronger than he is, which is potentially a cancer-riddled madman. 
it is in fact propaganda that Russia was right. that involved in the in the elections, and that's the point of it. Because that way he had a boner the whole time. He's like, yes, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it makes him seem cooler than he actually is. When all it really was was like Hillary or Trump fucking with each other. And of course, they did set up events where they would pit both sides against each mm-hmm. other. And of course, these events were uh, financed by the same group, which has been going on for mm-hmm. a long, long time. So I'm happy to hear that Ukraine is, you know, winning this war when it comes to sympathy. Um, of course, some of the propaganda that was coming from Russia, such as calling Zelensky a Nazi, it's hard to square, right? So some of the, right. I, so they're also not getting the kernels of truth that are required for propaganda mm-hmm. and for good conspiracy. You can't just call Ukrainians Nazis and be like, that's why we're going to invade, because then everyone's like, wait a second, that's my aunt. Right. She's not, and, I know her. Yeah. And, and Zelensky is Jewish and he's the descendant of Holocaust survivors. So you're absolutely right. Vladimir Putin can't even win his own domestic propaganda war right now. You've got people protesting on the mm-hmm. streets in Russia. He's had to uh, go in and shut down uh, radio stations. One of the biggest uh, anti-Putin radio stations just got shut down. So it's the same. You know, it's an autocrat playbook. Absolutely. And according to the Wall Street Journal, Russian officials uh, and propagandists have for years boasted that Moscow's forces could overrun its smaller neighbor in days. And that is not happening. Of course, the smaller neighbor being Ukraine, although at this moment, uh, all of the Russian forces that were set out to go into Ukraine Mm -hmm. are now there. Mm -hmm. So the fighting is reaching a climax. And again, we only hope for as peaceful of a resolution as possible. And in this case, the most peaceful resolution would be a bullet in the brain of Vladimir Putin, because that man, after this, should no longer hold any power. And he does not exist. He does not deserve to breathe any more air after what he's done to all of these people, including his own people. And oddly enough, Ben, one of our uh, favorite uh, South Carolina senators agrees with you. Oh, my God. Ham and biscuits, (laughs) y'all. Ham and biscuits, y'all. Lindsey Graham, he opined on air (laughs) about about someone taking Putin out, which just, you love, Lindsey. You love to see it. My ladybugs are flaring up. (laughs) And when my ladybugs flare up, oh, my temper, it gets real bad. (laughs) Lindsey Graham is correct on this one issue. And again, before people, you know, scream at me regarding foreign policy, being a hawk, being a war hawk is completely different than being somebody who stands up for an ally yes. and for being someone who stands up against a bully. This mm-hmm. is we didn't start this fight. Right. No, they, but they, we will help him into Crimea. Putin came into Ukraine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Putin uh, came into power off a false flag attack. The man mm-hmm. is. Can't say he's stupid. Uh, I'm not going to say he's a genius, however, (laughs) because genius does require (laughs) some ability uh, of empathy. And of course, if you listen to his own soldiers, they're like, wait, what? What are we doing? Why are we doing this again? So he they thought they were playing war games. And it turns out uh, it was not a game at all. So Russia and Ukraine, what the Russians are saying now regarding propaganda, interestingly enough, the Russians are saying the West should not arm Ukraine because it'll lead to a global collapse. I wonder why they say that. (laughs) Sergei Lavrov, I'm sure you've heard his name before. He's Russian's foreign minister. He says Western powers sending mercenaries and military equipment to the front lines would, quote, be a catastrophic development. Yes, for them. And of course, when it comes to us sending money and sending weapons, we certainly are doing that. When it comes to the no-fly zone, if it is lifted, 
uh, we will, you know, see a, a boatload of planes shot down, Russian planes. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's one of the areas that Biden hasn't quite gone yet. But do you guys think if this continues, push comes to shove, um, to say that term again, we're going to have to do something. Well, that's why instead of implementing a, a no-fly zone or, or actually putting boots on the ground, a lot of U.S. politicians and media are saying, and I think rightfully, this is a bipartisan idea, is to stop buying Russian gas and oil. That right. is the source of Putin and all of his oligarch friends power. And that is really the only place that you can keep hitting them. The, the problem is, as we've talked on the show before, Russia is a giant gas station and a lot of the Western world still actually just needs that oil. So the divesting needs to happen on a on a huge scale. And yeah. even mm-hmm. Fareed Zakaria on CNN was saying Biden's got to up the production of domestic oil and natural gas so we can officially cut ourselves off of all Russian gas and oil. Because at at this time, that's what's happening. That's how he's getting his money. Mm -hmm. And as we've talked about also, China can only buy so much of that. So if, if the West actually hits Putin in his pocketbook... Economic sanctions obviously do one thing, but if if we're if the world goes off of Russia's biggest export, then I think you'll see some consequences. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, I wonder, oh, like uh, like the snowman from Frozen, <laughs> yeah, just like that. Well, he's definitely soft when it comes to Russia. They, this is Germany, refuse to get off the Russian teat when it comes to gas and oil, and I don't understand from a uh, political perspective, just pump the brakes for a year. Mm. We can get you oil. Oil is not, I mean, I, I can find you oil. That's what I So was... if you're Germany, I'm actually a little bit surprised that they're still taking blood money or blood oil, as if it doesn't have enough blood on its hands already. But I'm surprised that they're still working with Russia uh, when it comes to oil. That was my understanding. I thought it was about 1% of American oil actually came from Russia, and the biggest exporters are those, uh, the European countries and stuff. Well, Berlin, right, Germany and Europe, right. uh, the EU. Yeah. yeah, Berlin did freeze the Nord Stream 2 project, um, but then Scholz made it clear that Europe's biggest economy would not make any further energy sacrifices and would keep buying from Russia. So, so at some point... Mm-hmm. If you're Germany, if you're Germany, does don't you like when you see a dictator trying to take over a country mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, this reminds me of something like wouldn't you be extra sensitive to the idea of aiding and abetting a dictator that wants to have uh, the mean, world at his fingertips? Maybe maybe there's some German people in the, the government. There's like, mm, well, third time could be a charm. And it's like, no. Oh, please don't. Please don't believe that. Uh, but but uh, Putin's against Nazis, remember? But oh, I that's would, right. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> I would also like to see if this would change if, if Putin made a move towards actual European Union countries like Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. Because right now, you know, uh, Ukraine is not part of NATO. Ukraine yep. is not part of the they're like EU. Friends. Yeah, they're right. just they're just next door neighbors. So Latvia, Latvia is part of NATO. Though. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Latvia, yeah. Lithuania, Estonia, they're all part of eu they're all part of nato so putin hasn't actually done anything to the united nation so he hasn't done anything to nato he hasn't done anything to eu so i'm interested maybe that's why germany is saying hey uh, it's it's hard it's it's messed up that they're saying this but maybe they're seeing it as a hey it's worse the you know the 
This is according to Scholz, the chancellor. He says, Europe has deliberately exempted energy supplies from Russia from sanctions. At the moment, Europe's supply of energy for heat generation, mobility, power supply, and industry cannot be secured in any other way. Mm. It is therefore of essential importance for the provision of the public services and the daily lives of our citizens. So he's making a calculation that his people would be more upset with him if he did not take the oil, because then, of course, they might have to make sacrifices than if they do take the oil from Russia. But it is an unfortunate turn of events, and it just, again, shows you um, the power that these uh, companies have and uh, and just the uh, the power of oil when it comes to scripting foreign policy as a whole. Right, and in that same vein to, to what he said, that's what a lot of people are nervous about here, right? The rising gas prices. Yes. How much Russian oil and gas do you cut out? And then what does that do to our supply and demand? And then what does that do for prices at the pump? Right. And as we've seen now with Wall Street, not reacting horribly to the <laughs> idea of war. Things aren't right. so bad for the wealthy still, <laughs> my, my believe lock, it or not. Nancy Pelosi's Lockheed Martin stack is doing pretty good. <laughs> oh, it's doing fantastic. This is according to billionaire uh, hedge fund manager Bill Ackman. Uh, Bill Ackman has a, a, a checkered um, relationship with the truth, I would say. Uh, but he has warned that World War III has likely already begun. Ugh. And because of that, people are investing in ways that would make war beneficial to them, which I think is extremely dangerous if, you know, we kind of sniff around the idea of war and then all of a sudden, once all the oligarchs of all nations have their money invested in the right things, boom, then they can we go to a full triggers. then we go to a full scale war and billionaires will now become trillionaires again as wow. the people suffer. It really is disturbing. Uh, this is what Ackman said on uh, on Twitter. Again, a man who is a, a little bit, to say the least, up his own fucking ass. Um, no. But this is what he said. <laughs> Uh, on Twitter, of course, only the best place. He says, in January 2020, I had nightmares about the potential for a pandemic, but everyone seemed to think I was crazy. I'm having similar nightmares now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm not going to build my foreign policy ideas <laughs> off of the nightmares of billionaire hedge fund, Bill, hedge funder Bill Ackman. Right. But it's interesting as someone, obviously, who is so invested in the market is, you know, propagating the idea that we're already in World War Three, almost to the point where they want it. Mm. Right. If they if they push the narrative enough, then they'll make it true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oligarchs love a good war. I mean, that's what's so fascinating. I mean, Putin is a billionaire here in America. We call them billionaires over in Russia. They're oligarchs. Right. I don't know what, what exactly the difference is None. anymore, but it's the same deal. Putin could be worth as much as 200 billion dollars. I mean, we don't know because he's hidden his assets all over, you know, his secretive country and all of his friends. They're as rich as he is. So why don't we call, a, you know, a Bezos an oligarch? Why don't we call some of these other billionaires, quote unquote billionaires here in our country who also like war, yeah. oligarchs? And I'm happy you mentioned Bezos. We're going to talk about workers' rights in a second. When it comes to Ackman, uh, his firm has made uh, two, they have $2 billion mm. uh, in the market, and they are betting basically on a monetized World War III. This is what he has to say. He says, Insane. World War III has likely already started, but we have been slow to recognize it. Much more we can uh, we can do before we enter a hot war with Russia. Uh, he goes on to say the U.S. should stop the absurdity of buying oil from Russia and funding the war, and Europe would follow suit. 
once the demand for gas declines in the spring. So it's going to be absolutely crazy as these people, again, find ways to make money off of human suffering, which is just horrible. Uh, Bill Ackman is reenacting the old Bill Hicks bit about mm. the dollar, the market. Oh, Bill's going for that pro-war dollar. That's, he's going for that pro-war <laughs> yeah. dollar right there. That's a good dollar. It really is. Um, so obviously, when it comes to Ukraine, things are only getting worse. And um, it's only going to get worse unless people actually step up to the plate and do something to stand up against Putin, uh, even if it means, you know, I, it's just this is what's so hard when we have such dramatic economic disparity. Hmm. You know, when it comes to oil prices, the people that ironically can afford it are also the people who are going to be most pro-war mm-hmm. and the people who can't are going to be the least pro-war. But at the same time, they can't afford to pay the high gas prices. And naturally, if you Mm -hmm. stop taking gas and oil from Russia, gas prices are going to go up. Even more than they are now. it screws over the people who, with good conscience, are like, I don't want to go to war, Mm -hmm. but I also can't pay $7 at the pump. But then we have the people in power who Mm -hmm. say, well, if you don't want to pay $7 at the pump, well, then we better continue to take money and and oil from Russia. So you're really, again, just screwing over the working class of the world When it comes to these affairs. Yeah, it reminds me of George McGovern's old quote about I'm sick and tired of rich men dreaming up wars for poor men to go dying. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And it's just uh, absolutely it's devastating. We've all seen the images. So uh, we will keep you up to date on what's happening um, with uh, with Ukraine. And hopefully as Joe Biden's approval ratings go up, I do think the country, as we see more and more images of the violence, Uh, I do think um, more action is going to have to be taken. Of course, Biden's approval rating, still not great by any measure, but it's sitting around 45% on average. Uh, 83% of Americans support economic sanctions imposed against Russia. That's a political winner. I would like to know who the 17% are that don't. (laughs) Um, Maybe they believe in QAnon. Americans also are willing to make sacrifices in support of Ukraine. 69% of Americans, including 58% of Republicans, say they support economic sanctions against Russia, Um, even even if the result is higher energy prices. So people are starting to um, see the humanitarian crisis Mm -hmm. as larger than as their economic crisis. Mm -hmm. And that just shows how you know, horrible and devastating what goes on, what what's going on in Ukraine is nearly eight in 10 Americans are concerned that Russia will wage cyber attacks in the U.S., um, which is also extremely possible. So because of all of this, Biden's approval ratings is up eight points, uh, 47% from 39% last week. Uh, so, and his disapprovals are down to 50%. Um, so that's, you know, if you're Biden, as we've talked about before, what is it good for? Absolutely ratings and absolutely money. Uh, he's definitely going to get some political bump for it, isn't he? Absolutely. And, you know, again, like with the State of the Union, he's holding it together. And that's how, you know, every president seems to go out there and say the state of our union is strong. But I think the state of our union is we're being held together. And that's kind of where we're at. And we it's all it's up to all of us and every yeah. single politician to do better and try to keep this thing together. 
Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Yep, and speaking of Amazon and Jeff Bezos, Amazon has continued to work with companies in China. These Chinese companies uh, have used forced labor. And uh, they said, nope, I'm sorry. It's just fine with us. We don't care how the job gets done as long as it's freaking cheap as hell. The race to the bottom is real. And I wish that I could say that we were there, but I think we can dig a lot further. Uh, The report from the Tech Transparency Project, it's a research group that's run by a nonprofit company. Um, They say that Amazon has worked with companies uh, that rely on children and that rely on minority groups in Ugar and Zhejiang. And because of that, they don't pay these people. And uh, it's basically, again, forced slave labor that Amazon turns a blind eye to so that they can make more profits. When we talk about late-stage corrupt capitalism, this is definitely another example of it. According to the tech firm, they say, the findings raise questions about Amazon's exposure to China's repression of Uyghurs in Zhejiang and the extent to which the e-commerce giant is adequately vetting its supplier's relationship. I have a feeling they walk around like little horses with their blinders on and Mm -hmm. say, it looks great to me. It looks cheap enough for me. Um, At least 80,000 people uh, work there. They're mostly, uh, this is mostly in a Muslim region. And again, they are just working for no money and working um, as slaves. And Amazon just, you know, continues to go out there and not give a crap about employee rights. It's just disgusting. I mean, at that point, Amazon's as complicit as Russia in promoting China's goals. I mean, we've also seen who's Russia's best friend right now is China. I mean, watch what they do, not what they say, obviously, because they've said they want to see a diplomatic solution in Ukraine. But China had just raised its military budget to over $200 billion a year. And they also are spreading from their propaganda machines uh, that Russia is still entitled to do what it's doing in Ukraine because NATO and the U.S. uh, didn't meet Putin's demands. So, you know, uh, China seems to be a, a friend of oligarchs and autocrats right now and that's uh that's they also need to do better china i'm gonna say it right now i think that's safe to say and (laughs) another thing amazon so they work with 1900 suppliers right Mm -hmm. and uh, they say oh we assess we we do all this stuff we make sure that everything is fine okay in 2020 amazon found that eight percent of the firms it audited had labor issues related to now this is a quote i love this to quote Freely chosen employment. Oh, my God. Eight percent of the firms that work for Amazon have issues related to, again, quote, freely chosen employment. That is called slavery. Freely chosen. I hate (laughs) the Amazon term for slavery. Freezing chosen employment. Are you choosing to work or are you being forced to it? And And that was up 3.2% from last year. So more slave labor. More than double, basically. Oh, my God. It it isn't unbelievable because that is, we know this is happening. 
Oh, my God. So this is according to Amazon. They say they attributed the increase primarily to pre-production audits and said that, quote, failure to meet our standards has been a factor in our decision to terminate hundreds of suppliers. I would love to see it Mm. when they do it because they simply love free labor because then they can continue to sell us Kindles. And then we can continue to look at them, pretend like we're going to read all those books we bought on there. (laughs) According to Katie Paul, director of the Tech Transparency Project, she says it doesn't seem to get the same level of scrutiny regarding Amazon's business practices and how closely entwined they are with China. So that's another great point that you made earlier, Travis, and I've obviously seen it before when it comes to. In our country, Bezos is a billionaire. Mm -hmm. Everywhere else, he's an oligarch. Mm -hmm. And this proves he's much more of an oligarch than he is a pull him up by the bootstraps, self-employed billionaire man. Because I don't even care if you're a billionaire. I actually, I love Mark Cuban. I I have a white boy crush on Mark Cuban. I have to by white boy law. Um, (laughs) It's not about that. It's about what do you do? How did you make the money? You know, that was one of the biggest disses on Mitt Romney. He's a millionaire billionaire because of hedge funds, Mm -hmm. which again, as we saw with Bill Ackman, They make a lot of money off of horrible, horrible things. And that, of course, politically uh, hurt him, Mitt Romney, that is, in 2012. Plus, Mark Cuban doesn't own slaves and he's never been to space. So, yes, he just he's kind of just parks his his uh, (laughs) parks in the shark tank and that's where he stays. (laughs) So what I'm touching right now, which is my iPhone, uh, it's very possible it was made um, at the hands of slavery, which is uh, heartbreaking to even think about. Lens Technology, it's a company for known for producing glass screens for laptops and smartphones. They have accepted thousands of Uyghur workers in recent years, according to the Chinese government. So we are all complicit, which mm-hmm. is why we have to change. We have to hold these people accountable, and there needs to be a change. And as I've said before, um, try your best not to order crap off of Amazon. I'm sure you can find it someplace else. But I also understand paychecks are tight. I was just reading an article. Right. Uh, millions of Americans are two checks away from being homeless. Mm-hmm. So it's this race to the bottom. It's this disgusting, again, late stage corrupt crony capitalism that is leading to vast amounts of pollution, vast amounts of economic despair. And now, as we're seeing, vast amounts of violence being monetized with Russia and Ukraine. And if we can't all agree that what's going on when it comes to innocent civilians being bombed for a megalomaniac's, you know, right. boner, I don't know. We got something. There's something wrong there, right? Yeah, that's truly dookie falling from the sky. It really is truly dookie falling from the sky, which is why we live in a world where that is now just a just a common apparently it's the it's the new normal yeah show show human shit if you want to have an effective campaign ad (laughs) uh indeed it did work all right and just lastly lastly we'll talk about this more actually i want to talk about this more in next episode uh when it comes to lead hundreds Mm. of millions of uh, people now have been affected by lead poisoning another reason why we see people so livid when Mm. it comes to what happened in michigan in flint Joe Biden was vice president when that water supply got poisoned. Uh, Obama didn't go over and help out or stop it at all. He faked drank the water that was coming from the pipes. He didn't actually really drink it because he knew it was full of freaking lead. The fact that these companies are making money off of these horrible humanitarian decisions so they can sell you bottled water as that single use plastic will end up in the ocean. Uh, It's just so gross. 
And now we're seeing what happens when you have a poisoned water supply. About half of Americans alive today have lower IQs because of leaded gas and because of lead in their water supply. So this is something that we're going to continue to talk about because as we talk about what's going on overseas, we always have to stay focused on what's happening at home because we have some massive, massive issues. And I don't understand how Jeff Bezos or any of these oligarchs, these billionaires, just, you can call it, you can call it the Bezos water line. I don't care. Mm, right. Just go <laughs> just and make, make it. it the, the irony is Michigan is by the, the largest freshwater mm-hmm. supply in the freaking mm-hmm. world. And right. they have poisoned but, water. It's like, come yeah. on. That's right. Yeah. Michigan is literally surrounded by fresh water. And they can't and get it. don't forget Bezos, instead of doing something like that, something truly charitable, instead he gave a bunch of money to the Obama Foundation so he can uh, a wing in the library. So there you go. That's how he's doing it. Yeah. Lead is a neurotoxin. It erodes brain cells. And once it enters the body, uh, it just don't leave. Uh, children are extremely susceptible because they're so young. And as we've heard before, it is generational. So if your grandmother got lead poisoning, their grandchildren Oof. have lead poisoning. Mm-hmm. And it's just another. And of course, when we take a look at what communities are being uh, are, are suffering because of lead in the water, right. it's minority communities, it's poor communities. And you know, MK Ultra, we just did a five parter on it. If it's not on purpose, it's definitely not being stopped. Right. So I don't know what yes. else to tell you. Like, does the government just want to poison you and make you dumber? I mean, the, there's I mean, certain evidence that says it does. Environmental racism is very real. I mean, wh- where do the landfills get built? It's always in the poorer neighborhoods. Yeah. So forth and so on. So anyway, um, yeah, the recent data says 170 million Americans had clinically concerning levels of lead in their blood when they were children. Wow. 170 million. That's half, dude. It's a lot. Come on. <sighs> As these people make billions and billions and billions, I mean, where the fuck is Pfizer and Moderna on this shit? Mm. Where is everyone? That is just disgusting. Anyway, I, want, I don't want to end it on a Eddie. We'll just keep on talking about it. We got to focus <laughs> on. I, I, this would be again. If you're a Democrat and you want to win, focus on workers' rights. Focus on the fact that the people in the candle factory weren't allowed to leave mm-hmm. during a tornado under a threat of being fired. Focus mm-hmm. on the fact that Amazon uses slave labor. Focus on uh, the fact that we are being absolutely crushed. The middle class and working class are being crushed at all levels. Focus on that and don't talk about anything else. And you will hold the House and you will hold the Senate. Unfortunately, the Democrats uh, can't seem to stay focused on those things as they, uh, they constantly get sidetracked in this ever looming culture war that is poisoned. Speaking of which, the political dialogue in this country in a way that I don't remember ever seeing before. And in addition to that, they don't know when to stand up and clap. So. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, man, all right. We got a lot of work to do. We'll keep on trying our best. And uh, yeah, we'll keep on informing you the best that we know how as well. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. And thanks to everyone who came out to the shows in Chicago. Mm. Y'all were wonderful. Okay. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.